Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at a section of Dennis and Barbara Rainey's book, Staying Close. This section is titled, The Seven Threats to Oneness and Intimacy. We were in the process of looking at threat number five, trials, troubles, and tribulation when we ran out of time. So let's continue there. The Rainies say that they see two ways in which families fail to respond properly to adversity. First and most typically, they fail to anticipate the trials and problems that will come. Somehow they think none of that will happen to them, but they are mistaken. The well-known saying reminds us that nothing is sure except death and taxes. To those two old foes, you can add troubles. As I read recently, the man whose problems are all behind him is probably a school bus driver. Well, second, when the troubles do hit, most couples simply don't know how to respond. The trauma brought by the problem is not the real issue. The real issue is the response the couple makes to that trauma. According to studies conducted by Dr. Mavis Hetherington, who works in an organization on the East Coast that helps parents through traumatic experiences in marriages where a child died or was born deformed, 70% of the couples separate or divorce within five years. Well, why does this happen? The Rainies say it's because couples simply have no strategy for living that goes beyond romance. They don't know how to hold their relationship together and even make it stronger during that desperate period of suffering and pain. They go on to say that a part of the strategy for facing troubles is to realize that God allows difficulties in our lives for many reasons. Doesn't cause them, but allows them. Malcolm Muggeridge once wrote, Contrary to what might be expected, I look back on experiences that at the time seemed especially desolating and painful with particular satisfaction. Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything that I have ever learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my experience, has been through affliction and not through happiness. In other words, if it were ever to be possible to eliminate affliction from our earthly existence by means of some drug or some other medical mumble-jumble, the result would not be to make life delectable, but to make it too banal and trivial to be endurable. Dennis and Barbara Rainey share an experience from their own marriage. The problems they were facing brought them to a crossroad. Would they share their difficulties with one another and give the other person room to process the problem? Dennis says that he remembers feeling tempted to think that Barbara was silly for being so introspective during the months that followed her heart episode. He had to fight the urge to discount her emotions. After a few days, he had the typical non-compassionate male response. Snap out of it, dear. Everything is going to be fine. He wanted her to flip a switch and move on. But Barbara wanted to share her fears with him. 
She needed him to just listen. Offer no profound advice, only his two eyes and ears. The temptations to withdraw from one another are greatest during these periods. By doing so, we can become extremely self-oriented, which in reality is a very lonely existence. The married couple who learns the art of facing storms together by seeking God's perspective can develop a spiritual oneness that makes them inseparable. The Rainies say that Christians should be so well-trained in God's plan that their reaction to crisis and difficulties will be an automatic reflex, not a panicky fumbling around. If you wait until a crisis hits and then turn to the Scriptures, you won't be as prepared, and you'll be more susceptible to the enemy. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. This isn't a simplistic excuse to put your head in the sand and ignore reality. On the contrary, the Rainies believe it's the key to dealing with the storms life can bring your way, and that includes the little things as well as the big upheavals and challenges. If we want to really practice giving thanks in everything, we have to ask ourselves, is God really involved in the details of my life? Could God possibly want to teach me something through a flat tire, a kid's runny nose, or a toy-strewn floor? Does He really want to be a part of every moment of my day, or is He willing to settle for the 9.30 to noon slot on Sunday mornings? Giving thanks in all things expresses faith. Those five little words express our belief that God knows what He is doing and that He can be trusted. As Martin Lloyd-Jones put it, faith is the refusal to panic. No matter the circumstances, there is always something to be thankful for. Well, now let's move our attention to threat number six extramarital affairs, with affairs being put in quotes. We've probably all played the word association game. You say car, I say breakdown. You say kids, I say noise. You say house, I say repairs. If you say affair, I could give you typical answers like adultery, cheating, or motel, things that relate to the extramarital sexual liaisons that we see acted out on television, in films, and in newspaper headlines. The Rainies say they believe that extramarital affairs are even a greater danger than most of us realize. They go on to say that extramarital affairs are not always what we think they are, and that an extramarital affair is basically an escape from reality that begins with feeling lonely and isolated at home and ends with a search for fulfillment of needs outside the marriage. It's true that extramarital affairs are often sexual in nature, but there are other types of affairs. What about the one called career? Often people escape the reality of their mediocre marriages by pursuing wealth and materialistic desires or through the affairs of busyness. 
Our desire to escape is prompted by the pressures of the secular culture in which we live. From one end of the country to the other comes a barrage of advertising, TV programming, films, commercials, and public relations schemes, all designed to teach us that we should seek self-satisfaction in life. As a result of all this pressure, it's easy to get an improper perception of reality. We say we know that romance movies and soap operas aren't real, but nonetheless, they affect how we perceive reality. And it's obvious that you bring this programming with you when you get married. As you start comparing your expectations and fantasies with your real life, you can begin to say to yourself, well, how come my love life doesn't match up with the one led by my favorite TV hero or heroine? Why can't my mate be that cool, that sexy, that romantic? From there, it's just one short, slippery step to questioning reality. Instead of challenging your fantasies, you begin to look at life and say, wait a minute, why don't we have all that passion and chemistry? You can begin to compare your relationship with your mate to a fantasy that's been developed with a multi-million dollar budget and by shooting 20 retakes of every scene. And it's easy enough to be duped into thinking that you deserve exactly what the fantasy on the screen depicts. As the scriptures tell us in Romans, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the worlds. It is no wonder then that so many people take the next step into an extramarital affair. Instead of finding happiness and fulfillment in the real world with a real husband, real children, and a real God, they bail out and chase after the illusions conjured out of their fantasies. The problem is, if we catch our fantasy, it too becomes tarnished with reality. The illusion is transformed by disappointment into disillusionment. Because love affairs with other persons are such imminent and dangerous threats to marriage, we'll look at those first. Once we understand the typical love affair, it's easy to see how the other kinds of affairs can happen as well. You know, high school chemistry taught me a very valuable lesson. When certain substances come in close contact, they create a chemical reaction. I have a skin graft on my arm as proof of that. I have also learned that adult husbands and wives don't respect the laws of chemistry any more than I did as a teenager back in high school. They mix volatile ingredients without giving much thought to the chemical reaction that can happen with someone other than one's mate. I'm not talking about sexual attractions per se. What people fail to grasp is that before sexual indiscretion starts, there is a reaction of two hearts, the chemistry of two souls. In other words, people commit emotional adultery before they commit physical adultery. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, 
mutualunderstanding.net and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.